HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by Fairway Market, like no other market, a New York City institution that sells the best local, national, and international artisan foods for prices that can't be beat. For more information, visit fairwaymarket.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby, broadcast live to the Cosmos on the Heritage Radio Network. Happy Friday afternoon, and welcome to another episode of Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Ann Saxelby, and today's show, uh, we are resuming our State of Cheese series, which has lain dormant for a little while. We're going to be talking about the State of Cheese in Florida with uh, owner of the Artisan Cheese Company uh, in Sarasota, uh, Louise Parker, and we're also going to be talking about uh, the recap of the Southern Artisan Cheese Festival, which uh, which just wrapped up um, a couple days ago. So, uh, Louise, are you on the phone with us? I surely am. Hi, how are you? I'm very well. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. It's actually a Louise Converse. Uh, the other name is my husband's name. Oh, my my apologies for that. No worries, Got no our, worries. Our fact-checking wrong. So <laughs> it happens a lot. Um, so you are the owner of uh, the Artisan Cheese Company in Sarasota, Florida. Um, how long have you had your shop there? So we opened in March of 11, um, so just a little over 18, 19 months, something like that. Yeah. Congratulations. And what, uh, what has the community's response been to having a great cheese shop in, in town? It's been pretty great, um, a little overwhelming as well. Uh, the only places they were able to go before for any kind of real um, artisanal uh, anything was either Whole Foods or there was a little market um, about three miles away. So they never really had a, a place like this uh, before. So they've been great. It's been a, a nice response. I think they were waiting for us. 
I agree. I was going to say Florida, I think in general is kind of underserved when it comes to, to cheese. I know personally our, our business, we do a lot of mail order to Florida because people come to New York and complain that they can't get uh, the cheeses that they're looking for down there. So it, it's fabulous to hear that uh, you've received such a warm welcome. Um, so Sarasota, if you can um, tell our listeners, um, can you tell us a little bit about the community and sort of what makes it a, a great spot for a, a cheese business like yours? Sure. It's a really interesting community. My husband and I first moved down here um, in '02. We lived here for six years. I had worked at Harvard forever and ever, and we wanted to come down here, lived here for six years, moved away for four, and we wanted to come back here because we loved it. It's uh, it's on the water. Um, it's a. It's really easy. Um, there's a lot of art, large A and small A. There are more and more restaurants opening up all the time, which is kind of an indicator that um, people are wanting something more than what they can find in a mall. Or so there's some wonderful farm-to-table operations happening. So we just thought that it was a great moment. For us, um, and we love living here. It's 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 really easy. There's a lot of snowbirds who come down from the Midwest, some from um, uh, the Northeast, Ohio, even North Carolina, that area. So they, it's exactly as you mentioned. They want their cheese. It's they, they're a savvy bunch. <laughs> Absolutely. I actually, I am a Midwesterner and I have been to Sarasota. My, uh, my friends, uh, my parents, good friends, uh, have a place down there. And so, um, yeah, that was my first introduction to the, to the city and it's very, very beautiful. Um, so absolutely, absolutely. So can you tell us a little bit about the focus of your shop? Um, what kinds of cheeses do you tend to seek out and, uh, and why? So, um, we have about 70% um, American artisanal farmhouse as well, and the rest are the usual suspects from across the Atlantic. Um, I'm actually English and Scottish, and I have, um, you know, I love the Montgomery's and the Westcombs and things like, and the Ardrahan's and things like that, but I really am in love with what's happening in the South. Um, there's a food explosion, and every year there's another maker um, online, so I want to kind of focus. I have been on more regional. Unfortunately, Florida, there's not that many makers in this area. It's so darn hot. Mm. So our regional is really the South: Alabama, and Georgia, Kentucky, North Carolina, of course, and Tennessee. So we want to introduce those amazing cheeses um, in our case. And, you know, I love raw milk cheese, and that's a really big thing for us. Uh, I, I love the soft one. I mean, I just i am in love with everything that's happening in the South. Um, and then, of course, Vermont and New York and Oregon, and I could go on and on. <laughs> it's pretty amazing to think. I think, you know, um, even, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it wouldn't have been possible to talk about such a proliferation of all of these cheeses. Um especially in the South. And um, it's just really exciting to hear that there's so much going on um, on the making side and on the consumer appreciation side. Um, so who are some of your favorite uh, Southern cheese producers that our listeners should know about? Oh, gosh. Goat Lady. Um, 
from North Carolina. Um, North Carolina. We're absolutely in love with them. Um, they have a guy, Alexander Kast, who's been with them, I think, for now a year, and he's really promoting them to people like us, uh, Sequatchie Cove. Uh, we're just in love with um, the Arnolds, Nathan and Paget. Um, and they're located in, in Tennessee, I think. They're in Tennessee, yes, um, in, a, in, a, in an amazing place in Tennessee. Uh, I'm also, uh, there's so many. I love Nature's Harmony. Um, That's a new one for me. Where, where is Nature's Harmony located? Nature's Harmony is in Elberton, Georgia, and they make about, uh, they have a Fort Sonia, which is like a Gruyere, an Alpine-like. Uh, they have amazing new cheddar, or at least it is in our case, uh, which is about eight months, and it kind of fits a nice profile that's missing in my case. Mm. Uh, it's all about the pasture. So in the south, you can have your herds, you can rotationally graze them um, all year round, which is fabulous. Um, Prodigal Farm, which is up in North Carolina, it's a goat cheese maker. I'm in love with Kat and what she does. Um, there's so many that are like my friends. Um, I know. I was going to say, now, when it comes to sourcing, I mean, when you're dealing with all these small producers, are you calling everyone direct and kind of uh, having, it all, having it all sent to you? Um, how does that side of the business work? Well, that's the hardest part. It's like it's really hot down here, and everything seems to end in Atlanta. So I have to arm wrestle the, um, if I want anything interesting in the case. Now I have a distributor, but um, we, they just have the same things that you may find in a Whole Foods, and they're great. I mean, I need them, absolutely, but I want to be able to have some really lovely seasonal. It's all about, if we were um, in Europe, we would be eating our cheeses of the region. So I want the same kind of a thing, just because it's Florida and it's all palm trees and sunshine. I, you know, I think that, um, that it's really important to, to our audience. They want the same things that they can have in New York or Vermont or Connecticut. So I actually have to work a lot with the makers uh, it, it's a little expensive, um, but I'm a dog with a bone. I'm not going to let go. You know, <laughs> I'm like really, I'm I'm I I just want this to happen, and it is. It's more successful this year than last year. So we're mail ordering now around Florida, and that's exciting. But I just love it. I just it's just. It's just so cool. Yeah, no, I feel like um, working with the producers directly, it, it, of course, you know, is more expensive, like you said, and can cause some logistical headaches when it comes to, sh you know, shipping, et cetera. But you also um, have access to all those stories then, which is so wonderful when, you, when you're chatting with cheesemakers. I feel like, you know, you always stumble upon some weird little tidbit of knowledge that, uh, that you never thought you would, you would know. Um, True. So you were talking a little bit about, um, uh, you know, when, you, when you're the owner of a, of a shop such as yours, um, you're, of course, paying attention to the cheeses in your case. That's kind of the, the bedrock of the whole operation. But um, you're talking about your love of creating an atmosphere in your shop. Um, can you talk a little bit about, about that and how that manifests itself in the different details that you, uh, that you put in your shop? I wanted to find a place or I wanted to create a place that I would love. So I was, I was up in Cambridge for years and years, and so I would find myself um, 
spending hours in formaggios and losing time and lots of money, um, <laughs> I'd, I'd walk in for something small and end up much lighter. Um, but I would love to go back. It was intriguing, and I wanted to have that same atmosphere here, like a proper, um, a proper shop. Like you could come in and everything would be um, visually pleasing, the pantry items. And I also wanted to find something, find a way to remove the intimidation. You know, I've spent many years uh, kind of walking past a counter um, being afraid of asking what that was or asking for a sample. So even how I align my cases, I want to bring people into the shop and I'll walk out from behind the counter and be with them and we'll look at the case and I'll ask them, you know, and I'll let them know about those lovely narratives about the makers and um, or the narratives of uh, the pantry items, the, the amazing preserves and the chutneys and what have you, because I'm a storyteller. I feel like, yeah, that's kind of all our, our second uh, vocation. You know, cheesemonger might be the might be in the bold, right. but right under that is is storyteller, which is yeah. uh, which is a great a uh, great job to have. I I, I, I love it. <laughs> and yeah. so, um, who do you think are are sort of um, your you know sort of peers in your cheese community in in Florida? Um, you mentioned that Whole Foods is a great source for people to get good cheese, which, which is really wonderful. Um, but are there others, um, that you know of, are there any sort of, um, you know, local, uh, groups or associations that you are, uh, related to? It, um, uh, unfortunately, no, it's, a uh, you know, Florida is a little bit of a wasteland. It's really large. It's about fi- almost 500 miles long and 400 miles wide. And people think of it as this, um, retirement community. Um, so there's a lot of, it, it's almost as if I'm out on the forefront of what's happening. <laughs> You're um, a pioneer. <laughs> well, a little bit. Um, I hate to think of, of me like that, but I think that um, there's really, um, there are only a handful of other retailers like me um, in Florida. They're really hard to locate. So they're for Whole Foods and, and and counters in market have kind of um, helped out a lot. So our local Whole Foods, they opened, I think, in 06 or something, and it was, like, it was huge for us. So they're able, because of economies of scale, they're able to bring in things that I can't. Um, and I'll send people up there, and happily, they actually also uh, refer many people here and I love that. So what I've what I've recognized is that it's really um, it's a great community. Um, as far as the food business, there's a lot of restaurants and so it's very collaborative, it's not very competitive. Um, and I think at least in Florida we kind of feel that we're really trying to make something happen here. You know, we like to think of ourselves here at least at Artisan Cheese Company as a little cheese shop that could <laughs> want to put us on the map. We want to put Florida on the map. So, um, but there are no associations in Florida. If there are, I haven't heard of them, and I, 
Me, no, me neither. I was hoping maybe yeah. you would enlighten me to some new, uh, some new organizations out there. Well, I mean, I'll start one. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, kudos to you for being, uh, you know, for being the trailblazer. Um, and uh, unfortunately, we've we've come to the sort of midpoint of our show. Um, but I really appreciate you taking the time uh, to tell us about uh, your shop, the Artisan Cheese Company, and uh, and the good work that you do. If people want to visit, uh, you can go to artisancheesecompany.com and check out all of their wonderful things. So thank you so much, Louise. And thank you. I'm a huge uh, fan of yours, so thanks a bunch. Oh, likewise. Well, thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Steve Jenkins from Fairway Markets. I've devoted my idiot career to the old ways, the old recipes, the old tools, the old geography of where serious foods come from for centuries. And I've strived to make these wonderful things available to New Yorkers for 37 years, so it's a fait accompli for us to support Heritage Radio Network. And I hope you will, too, and I hope you'll keep tuning in. For more information, please visit fairwaymarket.com. And we are back on Cutting the Curd. You're listening to the Heritage Radio Network. You can tune in to Cutting the Curd and a bunch of other shows on the network, which is www.heritageradionetwork.org. Um, so on with us for our second segment, who's joining us for, I don't know, the second or maybe even the third time is Kathleen Cotter, who is the founder of the Southern Cheese Festival and the owner of the Bloomy Rind. Thank you so much for being on with us, Kathleen. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I was I was thinking about this is my third time on, so thank you for for that. And uh, I was kind of giggling to myself that um, I'm going to try to be the uh, like the Alec Baldwin of <laughs> cutting the curve. <laughs> our recurring guest, so our, our our yeah, sort of smooth, suave recurring guest. I love it. <laughs> Um, well, I'm actually going to start off this segment. I, I, I um, forgot to do it on our last show, and I feel guilty about it. We, we started doing a segment called our curd word, which is designed to uh, sort of do a little bit of cheese vocabulary research and enlighten our listeners. And I feel like because you're on the shop with us today, our curd word should be bloomy rind. Um, do you want to do the honors and, and tell our listeners what, what bloomy rind means, or do you want me to, uh, do, you want me to do it? Um, well, I'll... I'll... I'll have a go at it, and you jump in because um, you know, as as we know, I'm I am still I consider myself still a relative newbie to to cheese. So, um, but bloomy rind refers to a category of cheeses, uh, the white rind that you find on a brie or a camembert, and um, so it's a cheese term. But I just thought it was sort of a, a charming phrase when I was trying to think of a name for the shop. So, kind of kind of grabbed on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they call it bloomy because literally as this mold grows, you know, when you look at a a finished cheese, it doesn't, you know, nothing would really indicate that, you know, that there was something sort of blooming happening. But when the mold first appears on the outside of the cheese, it's very puffy and white. It almost looks like, like cotton. And so, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's why they call it bloomy because one day it's not there and the next day it just is like magic, (laughs) just like poof. Kind of like me. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So how are things going at the Bloomy Rind? How many years has it been now? 
things are good. We are closing in on our second anniversary in the in our shop, um, which uh, the Bloomy Rind is a cut-to-order cheese counter inside of a Porter Road butcher shop here in Nashville. And uh, the butcher shop carries all local pasture-raised meats, and I carry all American with a with a heavy emphasis on southern cheeses. Um, and so, yeah, so two years. We started at the farmer's market before that for about a year, year and a half. So I guess all in three, three and a half years. But um, good. All, all is well. We continue to grow and I'm kind of working to grow uh, the working with chefs and the wholesale side and get more and more great cheese on cheese plates around town which was part of my um, original hope and, and vision for it so we're getting there slowly but surely you're a cheese evangelist I love it <laughs> Um, And you're also the founder of the Southern Cheese Festival, which is just uh, wrapped up, I understand. Can you uh, tell us about uh, what went down this year? Yeah, for sure. So it was the third year, and we had 19 cheesemakers and 20 food artisans, people who make cured meats and jams and pickles and all the good things that go with cheese. Uh, So 39 in total, representing seven states around the southeast. Um, So beautiful showing. Uh, We have cow, goat, and sheep milk cheeses, which is exciting because sheep are hard to raise in the south, so that's always fun to see. Um, We had three cheesemakers who were there for the very first time, Um, Blue Ridge Mountain Creamery, which is a fellow who's a glass blower by trade and also started a creamery because... Who doesn't need two really, really full-time jobs? Um, <laughs> I feel like cheesemakers kind of tend towards that in general. They're like, right. I just, you know, running a farm is impossible, so might as well do some other right. cool stuff right. on top of right. that. Might as well have this whole other career. Um, Capriole joined us for the first year, which is very exciting since they are um, sort of a, um, Judy Shaw is sort of the, uh, one of the matriarchs of American artisan cheeses. So that was a happy moment for us to have them on board. And then a new sheep cheese maker out of Kentucky called Good Shepherd. He's doing an aged raw milk um, cheese that's really fabulous. And um, so that was so some, some newbies. Uh, we changed venues this year, um, found something that was a little more conducive to sort of the flow and um, kind of a it was a little more enclosed in case we had inclement weather. So we switched <laughs> a few things good. up and had um, just a slightly smaller crowd. We still had around 600 people, so it was a good size, but not not overwhelming. So all in all, it, it seems to get better and better, and people were smiling. So <laughs> that's, that's the gauge. That's awesome. And did it take place in Nashville, or where where is the festival? Uh, where was it this year? Yeah, we're here in Nashville, Tennessee. It was actually in an old meatpacking plant that operated um, here in the Germantown area of Nashville, downtown Nashville, and it was it, it ran from early 1900s through the 70s and then shut down and was sort of abandoned, and um, a, a family has purchased it, and they're slowly repurposing and rehabbing the, the buildings, and so there's um, there's a high-end uh, shoe purveyor called Peter Nappy, and then there's some creative organizations like the Nashville Jazz Workshop that have set up home in these in some of these different buildings. And we were in one building that used to be a garage, and so it just has all these. So it's very rustic and concrete and so forth, but it has tons of windows and skylights. So we just have beautiful natural light, um, 
shining in on us, and so it was just it was a really cool space. And but yep, downtown Nashville, we've talked about moving it around, but everyone sort of feels like it it should just be in its have its home base and and be here. So we will continue to do it here in Nashville. And I feel like Nashville is kind of a nice. Uh you know, it's kind of like in the middle a little bit, I guess maybe a little, mm-hmm. it's a little West, I guess, but you know, it's a nice place for people to kind of be able to come from the four corners as it were, you know, and kind of, uh, and kind of gather there. Um, that is true. So what was the programming like? Did, uh, was it mostly kind of a, a show where people could, um, just sort of walk around and taste and talk with cheesemakers or did you have workshops and classes and that kind of thing? So we, there were sort of three parts to it, three main parts. On Friday evening, we had a Meet the Cheesemaker dinner. Uh, so I had a local chef here who did four courses, family style, utilizing lots of uh, southern artists and cheeses. So people, um, we sold tickets to it, and then the cheesemakers were there. So people could hang out and chat with the cheesemakers in a little more low-key fashion than, you know, a festival can be kind of, kind of crazy and you just have a few seconds. So I wanted something where people could really chat. Um, so we did that Friday evening. And then the festival is sort of the main event, and um, it it's a tasting ticketed event. Uh, so there's music and beer, local craft or southern craft brews and wines. And so you just wander and drink and eat and enjoy. Um, and then there was a VIP-level ticket this year that included um, – a choice of two cheese classes. So we had um, Deborah Stone from Stone Hollow Farmstead in Alabama who taught just a real basic uh, cheese making and cooking with cheese and did a little demo for some folks. And then there was another one with uh, Tim Gaddis of Star Provisions, Catherine Spann of Prodigal Farm, and Justin Trosclair of uh, who is a champion cheesemonger um, of St. James Cheese Company in New Orleans, and they did a sort of a quick Cheese 101 sensory evaluation before, so people who had VIP tickets could choose from either of those classes. So we'll hope to, hope to do more education as we, as we move forward in future years, but we're sort of doing it bit by bit, adding on things as we can. Absolutely. Well, that already sounds like just a, a an all star kind of roster of things to do. I'm like, oh, I gotta come next year. Yeah, <laughs> It'll <you> be do. <laughs> great. <laughs> live from cutting the curd. Live from the Southern <laughs> Artisan Cheese Festival. That would be very cool. <laughs> that would be very cool. And so, have you seen? Um, you know, so you said you had 19 cheesemakers. How have you seen the rank swell from the first uh, from the first festival? So we've had different ones that have come and gone. I think the first year we had we had like 13 or 14, something in that range. So we've had a few more. Um, there were a couple that were lined up and had some staffing issues or, you know, just different things come up in the world of cheesemakers. And so we had a couple that, that couldn't make it at the last minute. Um, so really it would have been close to... It was like 21 or 22 that were that were scheduled. So, um, but just in general, southern cheesemakers keep popping up. Um, it feels so like it, you know. Just, you know, every year it's sort of there's just new more and more cheesemakers. So much like you know, I think the scene across the country, but it's it's fun to see it here in our neck of the woods because we're not always known for for cheese. So, but. Um, 
Fun fact, North Carolina has 40-something licensed cheesemakers, which is sort of amazing. So That is crazy. I remember when the ACS had their conference there, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, two years ago. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was not aware that there were that many cheesemakers in North Carolina. It's really incredible. Yeah, it, was, it surprised me once I started digging. <laughs> and I'm, I work in cheese here, and so a lot, a lot are super small and real localized, 